Hello, Nathan. Hello. I mean, Santa Nathan. Santa Nathan. Merry Christmas. Hello there, young chap. Have you been a good boy this year? Well. Well, I've tried to be a very good boy, Santa Nathan. I can feel your bulging sack. What have you got inside your sack this year? (laughs) Well, inside my sack, I've got an incredible present this year. And it's none other than a special guest, Mike Hilton. Mike Hilton? I love Mike Hilton, Santa Santa Nathan. Well, why would you not, sir? Like, an interception yesterday, Cincinnati this week. What more could you want? Anything else? Anything else? I'm eager for more. Well, I've got some more, obviously. But um, maybe some... Some fun games, bit of bit of Christmas Christmas quizzing. What more could you want, young man? Oh, thank you, Santa Nathan. It's Christmas in Cincinnati. Thank you, sir. Who day thinks gonna beat those Bengals, son? Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 238 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons, and uh, despite everything you've heard so far, and all the way, yes he is there, and I managed to get him up from wherever he, he came from, I don't even, even know if he's been to bed yet, it's live from Cincinnati, it's Nathan Palmer, Merry Christmas Nathan. Merry Christmas to you, my son. And yeah, I'm not sure really how much sleep I've had on this trip, but it's been fabulous so far and a pleasure to check in with you today. Well, thank you for, for making time. I know you're eager to get out there and explore more of the city. First things first, everyone wants to know, how was yesterday? How was your first full day in Cincinnati? Oh, my God. Where do I start? <laughs> brilliant. Just to sum it up, brilliant. And I'll send this to you before we jumped on the podcast you know, when I came to Cincinnati, I was a bit like, oh, you know, the whole, you know, do you meet your heroes kind of thing? Like, what if what if I don't like it? What if it's not a great city? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. So many nice people. Um, the stadium and the tailgating experience was fantastic. The nightlife's good. Um, I absolutely loved over the Rhine, the architecture, everything so far. It's only been a day and a half, but it's, it's exceeded expectations. And then, you know, matched that with the game. Wow. Yes. We'll get into the ta- game in a moment. Obviously, we are in a, uh, an NFL podcast, but uh, as as uh, as our little intro before the intro suggested, it is our Christmas episode, and there's a lot going on. We have a special guest. It's Mike Hilton uh, for you coming up. Mike had a big game yesterday. Played very well. Uh, delighted to have him on. One of, a real fan favourite, I think, isn't he, Mike Hilton? We've all got. Uh, as is customary on Cincinnati. I think this is also our fifth Christmas, isn't it, together? Uh, or sixth right? or something like that. Um, but uh, we like to play for you. Yeah, no, I think, I think it is. I think it is. So it's 2015, 
15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Oh, my God, it's our 8th Christmas together, Nathan. That's outrageous. 8th Christmas, that's just, just ridiculous, isn't it? Um, it's that Christmas episode in the pub, mm. you know, the one in, like, is it in your neck of the woods, wasn't it, Kentish Townway? Yeah, we did do... Uh, we did. We managed to get a choir in and sing some Bengals-themed sort of songs, and that was really great, wasn't it? That was really good. We played Bengals Cards Against Humanity, uh, of which there were two versions. We put one out and then realised it was probably too uh, defamatory and rude, so we took it down and I edited it. So if anybody's got that, anybody heard that original version, that's a collector's item, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, we obviously it gets things. Things are more difficult now uh, than uh, because me and Nathan aren't in live in the same town, or uh, we used to live very close to each other, didn't we? So it was kind of quite easy to get together. But now it isn't. Maybe we should try and aim for a get together next year uh, at Christmas. But anyway, yes. Um, do you remember what I think one one year we got really drunk because I made these sort of apple crumble cocktails? Uh, yeah. Uh, they were, yeah, I remember that. They were yeah. really strong. <laughs> <laughs> we get to 10 years of Cincinnati. Oh, it's, it would be an achievement. Let's put it that way. An achievement. It would be a genuine achievement, I think. Oh, 10 years of doing something literally basically every week. We've not taken more than what, like, I mean, in the off-season it might be two or three weeks, but, like, realistically it's once a week for 10 years. That would be absolutely wild. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a, it's not it's not a really uh, an unpleasant thing to do. Quite the opposite. It's a really fun thing to do. So, thank you for all those who have stuck with us. Uh, for uh, we'll keep going for as long as we can. And uh, yeah, um, and there's obviously lots of things, uh, interesting things to talk about. But as I say Christmas issue. As I say, Christmas episode. Uh, we do like to play a game, so we've got a special game. A new game. Normally we play like first and ten, or uh, Bengal D blank, or the name game, or something like that. But later on we've got question of port, which uh, might mean something to UK listeners, but not to US. Don't worry, I will explain later. Um, but first, we need to do a bit of a Christmas reaction, <laughs> don't we? Absolutely. Well, there we go. Um, we do have our correspondent in Cincinnati to go through the game with us, Nathan Palmer. Uh, that's you, by the way. Um, yeah, uh, Bengals 27, uh, Vikings 24 uh, in overtime. What a game. I can only imagine what it was like in that stadium, especially as the Bengals... Uh, began to mount their comeback in the fourth quarter. Where do you start with this game? There was that so much went on, not least the result, the crazy result, which I don't think any of us predicted, sort of, say, half-time or midway through the third quarter after browning through that uh, interception. Um, it, ju it was just like, well, you know, fair enough, the Vikings are coming here, game plan beautifully, played brilliantly, and we haven't, and it's just going to be one of those weeks. But bloody hell, what a turnaround. Yeah, absolutely. I think halftime, just for me, I think it's always really different when you watch a game live and on the TV because you're not influenced by sort of the narrative or what people are saying as much. You're just kind of you're living and breathing it. And halftime, I was like, all right, yeah, like it wasn't the best performance, but they'd really held in there and, you know, got stuck in. And it was kind of like, all right, yeah, I can see a turnaround. Like, I think we could come out and play a big half and win the game. But fourth quarter, I was like, nah, 
like this is this is cooked like you know i was planning my nap time when i got back to the hotel and <laughs> you know thinking about thinking about that kind of thing i was like ah you know brilliant seeing it but you know it is what it is i didn't see that i didn't see that turnaround happening and mm. yeah it's unbelievable uh, so many things I want to mention. Not only the, the, the play of Jake Browning, incredible yet again. Um, you know, so many things. As I say, the uh, chase going out injured later on. DJ Reader losing him. What looks like for the season there has been no confirmation yet. As we record this on Sunday, the seventeenth of December, nice. it just has Big been confirmed. Yeah. So yeah. DJ's out. I mean, I mean that we could launch a whole new conversation about DJ Reader. Is that the last time we see DJ Reader? in a Bengal shirt. It's something, unfortunately, that one has to consider. Uh, such tough luck for him, you know, going into free agency, all the rest of it. So, yeah, that's a real disappointment. And, you know, the Vikings... Can I, can I, just, can I just say something super quick on DJ? The the best thing, DJ Reader, like, when he went down, I was like, I was like, you can't really see it. I was like, oh, who's that, who's that? And like, a few people were like, oh, I'm pretty sure it's DJ Reader. And I was like, no, you're joking. Anyway, when he gets carted off... The whole fans like stood up, clapping him off. Mm. He, you know how most people like, I, I tore his quad. I think the injury yes, was. Yes. Most people would be like serious pain, like thinking shit. This, you know, we talk about him. We might not see him in a Bengals uniform again. Financially, that's probably not ideal for him. You know, obviously, like as a competitor, he's you know he's been carted off. He's not playing again this season. Like he would have known that on that car. All he was doing on the car was Ging the team up. And all the defence right. were on one knee and they're all around him. He didn't want any of that. He was just shaking his fists. He was pointing. He was like, come on, guys, like, get up for yeah, it. And yeah. I just think that speaks to the testament of his character. He's like, don't, don't worry about me. It's like, you guys go in there and you fight on. And mm -hmm. like you said, it might be the last time we see him in a Bengals uniform. I certainly hope not. But the fact that that was his, you know, attitude in a time of difficulty for him just is absolutely, just speaks volumes yeah about and, then, and then you get the the really upsetting scene of, of seeing dj ivy uh, get carted off and yeah. he's a young kid he's making his mark in this league he's come on he's making contributions and he's crying his eyes out on that car you know because he's so obviously he knows it's something serious um so you know key players down uh nick mullins is having a game and a half ty chandler is having a game and a half for the for the vikings um you know their defense is is as advertised. Really tough. Uh, pay, you know the the ex Bearcat Ivan Pace Jr. looking good. Uh, you he he was unbelievable to gaze at. Yeah. Um, who are, what else can we mention? There's like third down, long third down and longs made. Uh, you know Jake Browning escaping. You know sacks getting hammered himself. There was that crazy uh, kickoff muffed kickoff return or punt return where I think the Vikings player pushed DJ Turner into into Charlie Jones and thank goodness for Andre Yoshivash who picked it up that was very late on in the game um, then you had uh, the two incredible fourth down uh, third and inches and fourth and inches stops in overtime um, you had the, the play to, to Tyler Boyd and then of course you had that incredible touchdown to T Higgins who I don't know he did that I don't know how he had the awareness the 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 kind of agility to do that I mean there was also Jermaine uh, Pratt's uh, pick six that got called back because of uh, a Trey Hendrickson offside it was there was everything in this game um 
Two interceptions in the low red zone for the Bengals yet again. Uh, I don't know, Nathan. You need to help me here because you were there. What were the? What was the? Because when you're there in in a crowd, there's always a moment, isn't it, that kind of ignites the crowd. There's some whether it's a heavy hard hit or a touchdown pass or a long pass or a, a sack or whatever it might be. Were there any of those sort of moments yesterday? Oh, there was a lot, man. I mean, you just named them so many times where we were, we didn't really deserve to win. And there was so many times yesterday where we kind of snatched something from the jaws of defeat. Like those red zone turnovers, like you said, 100% them. You, you know, they they were just huge bonus plays where yeah. it was like, oh, like, you know, let, we can go down 10 but not 14. And it was like, oh, we're actually not giving up anything. That was huge, a couple of them. Um, the T Higgins play, watching it live, I mean, it was just, he goes up to Giza, gets it, comes down, and you see, oh, what what play that is. And when they called it a touchdown, I was like, oh, what are they talking about? I don't think he was even close. And you see the replay, and T Higgins' best ability for me as a wide receiver is the way he uses his body, like his core strength and the way that he's able to kind of balance and do that. And it just personified perfectly in that play. I mean, that that's a... That's the like end of the season highlight reel play that you'll see played over and over. The way that the ability of him to do that, not fumble it, hold on to the ball, absolutely incredible with the goal line. And if anything spurred the team to victory, it's got to be a play like that. I agree. I mean, that was one of the best. I was trying to think, actually, someone asked, uh, actually, what the. Um, was that one of the. You know the best ever Bengals play, or something like that, and it's it's certainly up there. And I was thinking, what other Bengals plays would you root? Would you go for? I reckon you know you've got to go for the Jerome Simpson flip. You've got to go for maybe Sam Hubbard's ninety thousand yard uh, fumble return against the Ravens last year. Uh, AJ Green's couple of yes. hail marys yep. against the Browns and the Ravens. Uh, and yep. also Tyler Boyd's fourth down against the Ravens. You remember that? Yeah, um, great shot. Great shot. Goodness me, what else? I don't know. I'm trying to think. There's probably you know stuff from the from the. Do, do you know? Do you know one for me it was Dre Kirkpatrick against the Broncos. It was like it was Monday uh, night yeah, football. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was Cincinnati, and everyone was going absolutely bonkers. Pay, pay, pay the money. money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, maybe we'll have to, in the off-season, that could be a bit of a project, the top 50 Bengals plays of all time. But I think I, I think that I've is got up one, there. Right. I've got one that's going to be sensitive, son. It's going to it's gonna potentially knock you off of your Christmas perch, but I'm going to call go it in there anyway. Go on, say it. AJ, it. McCarron, AJ McCarron to AJ Green. Like, yeah. the play itself, like, that's got to be up there. Like, regardless of what came after, the actual play yeah. would probably be top two three maybe moments yeah, yeah, yeah. for me Bengals fan yeah top, we should do we should definitely do this top, top 20 it. I mean you could Bengals maybe one fans. of the uh, Peter Warwick kickoff returns if you're going back a bit further you've got um, like you could, loads of bloody Chad Johnson catch spectacular catches you know and uh, I might put my thinking cap on for the some of the you know my era Jeff Blake to Carl Pickens and all you know Kenny Anderson to Isaac Curtis you know uh, yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we should come up with the best plays of all time. But anyway, T. Higgins' uh, miraculous catch and then swivel and, and and reach out is is up there. I think it really was a, a terrific effort and uh, obviously extraordinarily um, 
important. But yeah, there were things popping off last night that all over the pitch, you know, offense, defense, you know, storylines, amazing plays, stupid plays. <laughs> it's all insane. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Goodness me, what it was it must have been incredible to be there. Incredible to be there. Without the atmosphere sounded great as well. No, it was. It, you know, beautiful stadium. Like for anyone who's not been, it exceeded my expectations. Like you could tell, like the the exterior and the rest of it's you know a little bit on the older side, but the actual stadium itself really nice. Like they they just turned around yesterday, um, and I think finalised a lot of funding that they're going to put into yeah, to like that, modern. Yeah stadium and doing some stuff like that so that'll make it even better but you can just walk around it super easily um do you know what i liked about it no dickheads like no one that was like too drunk or you know anything like that it was just yeah. really like a bunch of people having a nice time watching the game yeah um yeah, I, think, I think that my alter uh my alter i mean i think there's some of that i think all stadiums have yeah, seen an increase there, of yeah. that um but um yeah, I'm really pleased you, you liked it, man. That's that's the great thing, and I know that you you've been enjoying the city. It is a great city, isn't it? And also from you know where I keep saying it, from where the stadium is to the the downtown pro, to proximity to downtown, it's literally about three or four minutes walk away. It's ridiculous. That's so underrated that because if you had to like, if it was one of those cities like Dallas where you've got to like you know get a thirty minute taxi out, it, it just kind of confuses matters and you kind of feel like oh I don't know, but. You know, you can't make it up. Like I'm staying by Fountain Square. I know you guys from um, on the Beggars UK trip were at the same same spot. It's like you you, could, you know throw a deep ball and you yeah. hit the stadium. Yeah, got, it's great, got, isn't it? It's so great. Door. Yeah, oh, brilliant. So lucky. Um, right, um, where where are the Bengals? I, do you still? I mean, what are they now? Eight and six. Three games to go. Incredible resilience last night. Incredible sticking with it. Jake Browning again coming up trumps. You cannot. Uh, praise him enough I don't think uh, and it was sticky last night it was tough sledding against a really good defense uh, and yet in that fourth quarter it was it was gangbusters it was all you know he got his bollocks out and they are he's got big big they're big aren't they <laughs> the geezers oh, I tweeted last night he's a game away I think from being on the market like if you stick in on right move quarterback decent you know mm. what you're looking for he's gonna he's gonna be in the conversation playing like that like I, it, because of his age it's the only thing that may turn teams off from being like oh he's gonna be our franchise because he's 27 or 28 so it's not like he's a spring chicken like he's not 23 4 and you think oh yeah he's got more to come like but a geezer hasn't played much football and this is what I love and I've been so impressed by with Jay Brown and is he, you know, there's no tape on him. There's there's nothing really like a bit of preseason stuff. Like the geese has just come in and balled out one games. He's looked better than we saw at the start of the season with Joe Burrow. Of course, Joe Burrow was injured, but mm. he, he's, you know, played through it. He's played through uh, injuries around him. Like, it's just been an exceptional performance. And the one thing I think you've got to tip your hat to, and it doesn't get said enough, the coaching staff. Yeah. There's always questions around, oh, do they evaluate talent properly? Like the offensive line hasn't really come on as it should, which is a fair point. They kept him on the roster last year and brought him up, gave him some game checks, and people are like, I wonder why they're doing that because we don't know if this guy's any good or not. They they knew he was a good player. You know, they got rid of, um, what's his name? Samian. Samian, yeah. 
Simeon, no, but like the guy the, the year before, uh, Brandon Allen, got oh, yeah. rid of him, sent him off to San Francisco. And, you know, people are saying, like, why are you doing that, including myself? Like, you know, why are you giving that, you know, fairly reliable, easygoing backup away to go with Jake Brandon? That, no, they're not going to come out there and say, we know this guy is really good because, it, you know, puts too much pressure on him. There's no need for it. There's no real substance to it in some ways. He's never played in the game before. But they... They knew that this guy was good, and I, I just give a ton of credit to all of the team, like the back, the, you know, the staff behind the scenes, the trainers, the coaches, because that that's a really good project they've pulled off here to to be able to be competitive in this scenario. Like no one expected this. You know, you lose your quarterback mid season, you you know, you're mailing it in. You're talking about draft picks. A lot of people are doing it, and look at us. We're on. We're we're in eight and six at the moment. Like yeah, it's, it's yeah, ours yeah. to throw away. It's incredible. Well, obviously playing the Steelers next Saturday, and that is um, obviously That's, a must yeah. win, and it's a can win as well. Even though my you know big worry is that even you know now DJ's not going to be around, you know they're going it, to teams are just going to run the ball against us basically because you know that's what the Vikings did initially and and DJ's backups you know Tupu and um and Zach Carr couldn't couldn't quite do it and um it's going to be really tough and you know they they are going to teams are going to target uh, the ground game and that's what the Steelers do because they're bloody terrible at you know at quarterback so I expect a very similar game to this one next week you know so it's going to be really interesting and of course the Chiefs on New Year's Eve, and then uh, we finish off with a home game against the Browns. And I wouldn't be surprised if that I wouldn't. Well, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, you know that's a must-win at the end of that as well. So still a hell of a lot to play for. And but you know the fact that they won three in a row and they've given themselves a fighting chance, more than a fighting chance, is just uh, is just brilliant and absolutely fantastic job. You know, so long may it continue. It's one of them where, like, you look back in the season. I said this earlier in the year. There's some silly losses this year that you're going to look back on and say, oh, if we'd won that. Like the Titans game and, you know, Texans, even the Texans yeah, game yeah. with Joe Burrow, you'd have fancied yourself a home in that. Like, there's a couple of those games now. That if you have one more win, you'd be like, not only are we more than likely to get in the playoffs, but you'd, you'd be looking at you look at the division, you look at the number one seed, like you're going to be a game off of that. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's a shame when you look back and a couple of those, like the Titans one in particular, like, you know, knowing the team they are getting absolutely smashed by them, the Steelers at home. I mean, that that's one where you look back and you're like, oh, but like you said, my son, we're, we're, we're at the party, we're on the dance floor, you know, we've got a drink in our hand, we're looking <laughs> spruced up we in are. the festive seat. Like, you know, who knows? Like, who knows what can happen when you're looking like that? Yeah, we've got the uh, Brute or the Old Spice on. We're smelling good. We're feeling good. The, uh, yeah. I don't know what's wrong, really. Like. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm down with that, man. Um, right, we've let's... Got, 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 it's working. I know, I know, right. Um, right, let's, uh, let's move on. It's a packed episode, Nathan. So let's bring in a very special Christmas guest. Santinato. Okay, as uh, as promised, uh, we have with us. Uh, I think it's. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. he's sitting. He's looking at me now. He's smiling, but he he is one of the most popular Bengals. I think uh, out there on the team. It's uh, Ace Slot Corner Blitzer Extraordinaire 
Mike Hilton. Mike, how you doing, man? Welcome to Cincinnati. What's going on, Paul, man? I appreciate you having me. Well, it's great to see you. I mean, you are one of the most <laughs> vocal guys on the team. Uh, you always make us laugh. What were you like as a child? Uh, I'm. You've got the cheekiest, impish grin <laughs> I've ever seen. You're always playing pranks. Was this something that has followed you through your life, this infectious personality? Yeah, man. You know, it's just something I've always had growing up. Um, I, I love just being, number one, just being around people and, you know, being a positive uh, influence around people. And that's kind of just the way I was brought up. Um, so kind of just carried it throughout my years, man. And even even though, you know, I, I'm doing what I love to do, I just don't take it for granted. And that's why I've always got a smile on my face. And, you know, I, I'm happy to be where I'm at. Is that is that the key to, to life, do you think? And, and having, putting things into perspective, just trying to have a smile on your face all the time and, and live life uh, with a smile, do you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, obviously, things are going to happen, but it, it's all about how you respond to those things. You know, good, good and bad, you know what I mean? So yeah. me personally, like I said, uh, positive or negative, I'm always keeping a smile on my face because, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to be here and I never take it for granted. What kind of teammate are you? Uh, we've seen you... Pull that amazing mannequin stunt on, <laughs> on your teammates. That was one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, if people don't know, there is a mannequin in just inside the locker room, right? And uh, <laughs> you posed as that mannequin because players are so used to walking past that. And, of course, it's yeah. a mannequin, so they don't even pay no, any attention. And yep. then you pretended to be that mannequin and jumped out of them. It was classic. It was it was, it was was perfect. <laughs> Joe Burrow's reaction, we're all told. And um, we're all told that Joe Burrow is cool as ice. He almost just fair, just about jumped out of his skin when you did that. Yeah, so. man. That was the one that set the whole video off. You know, uh, it, it was just something, you know, that I love to do. I love to put, you know, make my teammates smile. And, you know, I'm different in the, in the locker room than I am on the field. On the field, I'm a vocal, energetic guy. In the locker room, I'm a, you know, have fun, keep the energy high type of guy. So, you know, I, I, overall, that, I feel like I'm a real good teammate. And that, that's the key, right, to – to being a good teammate, as you say, knowing when to have fun and keep the energy up. And then on the field, it's all about business, right? All about business. So you got to know when the time is right, man. Like I say, on the field, uh, I'm that vocal leader. I'm the, the the playmaking leader. And in the locker room, I'm just that positive influence, the guy. Um, right. Mike Hilton, 386 coverage snaps without allowing a touchdown this season. Third among DBs. How does that sound to you? This season, uh, stats that is sounds great, man. You know, uh, I'm, I'm trying to keep that uh, streak going as long as possible. Hopefully, get to that number one spot and you know uh, mm. have zero touchdowns thrown on me by the end of the year. It's it's an interesting. It's been an interesting year. I wonder. Obviously, fans have got their own view about what's been happening this year, and uh, I, I guess you players have as well. So, what? Just give us a quick appraisal. Bearing in mind, this episode is going to come out after the Vikings game, so. If you wouldn't mind not making a reference to that, that'd be great. Um, what's uh, what's been what's been the players' appraisal so far? Is it been up and down? Has it been frustrating? Has it been kind of two steps forward, a step back, it, and so on and so forth? It's kind of been a roller coaster from from week one. Obviously, Joe coming out of training camp, he wasn't really who he was, and then when he finally turns the corner, you know, for him to come back and get back in his rhythm, he goes down for the year. And that kind of kind of shell shot the whole team, um, and that kind of caused us to lose against Pittsburgh. But over these last two games against the Jags and the um, Colts, you know, we really got our confidence back. 
Um, and got guys are playing well right now, and everything's still in front of us, but we just got to take it uh, one game at a time. Mm. I'm particularly interested in the secondary because no doubt you, as 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 players and as friends, actually, um, losing players of the calibre and, and not just football players, but the type of people they were, as Vaughn and uh, Jesse, you will know that much better than any fan could. Yeah. Um, left a big hole, right? They they really did leave a big hole. So talk to us about the, you know, you you you've seen Dax come in there, and you've seen now Jordan Battle come in there. You've seen Cam's development. Well, you you forget that Cam is only in his second year, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. you've got one Drago coming in there and doing the absolute business, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cheeto's getting back to his best, which is fantastic to see. Just talk to us a little bit about the the evolution, I guess, of, of the secondary this year because it must have been so difficult to to plug that hole where where Jesse and and Von once were. Oh yeah, definitely. You're losing two guys. Number one, who were very vocal in our room, and two guys with a lot of playing experience, just in the game of of football. So. Having those two leave, you know, me, Cheeto, and guys like that have elevated our roles as leaders and being the vocal guys in our room. Because really, besides me and Cheeto, everybody is at least year one or year two. So it's, it's newer guys, guys that's new to the system. But the thing about those those four guys, they just keep elevating. You know, throughout the whole season, they just gotten better. They got more comfortable in the system. They become more vocal. And they we start playing with them. It puts us in position to win games. How do how how do you do that as a teammate as a as a as a veteran teammate? Um, how do you how do you help them? How can you help them? Is it just answering questions? Is it leading by example on the field, both practice and on the game day field? What is it? How can how can how do you? No, no doubt, no, no kind of almost thinking that I know you a little bit because I've seen so much of you on online and your personality. Um, oh. you, do you know what I mean? Is it is it? It feels like you would be the type of person to really be in their ears and helping them all the time. Yeah, uh, definitely. Number one, it, start, it starts in the meeting room. Um, obviously, we once we get on the field, you know, football is football, but in the meeting room is where you separate yourself. And I've been trying to explain to those guys, like, if you're a step ahead, a step ahead of what's to expect, you know, you can put yourself in position to go make that game change interception or this breakup here. Just take from what you learn from the mental game and just move it to the field. Cause once the field action goes, your instincts will take over. As long as you put yourself in the right position to make plays and know your alignment and assignment, you know, everything else is, is football. So just be where you're supposed to be and make the plays when you have the opportunity. Mm, sound advice, man. Right. Let's forget about football. This is our Christmas episode. So we've got to talk about Christmas, right? All right. So give us, give us an insight, what it's like to be, um, an NFL player at Christmas, it must be, it must suck, quite frankly. But at the same time, you're doing what you love. So you're going to be in Pittsburgh on yep. Christmas Eve. Um, what would, what is the plan for you on Christmas Day, um, Mike? What's what? What will you? You know that you'll get into town quite late. I would have thought, or early on Christmas Day. Uh, yeah. Um, for me, man, it's just going home and uh, wake up the next morning with my kids. You know, I celebrate Christmas with them. Uh, it sucks because I actually my wife's birthday is the 23rd, so I happen to miss that because we'll be in uh, Pittsburgh. But we're gonna celebrate that when we come back. But it's just getting ready for the Christmas spirit, man. And we know uh, even though it's football players, we're not around our families uh, during around this time. But 
I still feel like this is a time where, as a team, we kind of definitely jail together and do like Christmas exchanges and go out to eat. Just kind of still have that 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 family vibe, even though everybody's family is not around. And 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 what what does that look like, Mike? Is it is it like dinners out at Jeff, at Jeff Ruby's or um, what? What does that go around people's houses like Secret Santa gifts in the locker room? What does it look yeah. like? Uh, a little bit of all everything, man. Uh, meeting up at Jeff Ruby's. Uh, Secret Santa's, uh, just just a whole different type of thing. We just try to make it as um, family oriented as possible. Right. Okay. So now, uh, if I if you invited me round for Christmas, uh, forget the football side of things. Let's forget that you're a football player. If you invited <laughs> me round to Christmas, thank you very much. By the way, um, uh, what would you? What would be on the dinner? What would be on the Hilton family dinner table? You're you're pulling a face like you're going. This is a special time. What what's on? You're rubbing your hands with glee here. What's on the Hilton Christmas table? Uh, let me see. So we're definitely going to have some mac and cheese, of course. Got to have some dressing. I got a lot of like Thanksgiving rollovers to that to the Christmas meals. So got to have dressing on there. Green beans, collard greens. Uh, and, ooh, I always got to finish off, finish off with a Jeff Ruby's butter pie. That's one of the best things I've Jeff ever had. Ruby. Okay, tell me what a Jeff Ruby's butter pie is. Now, but I could Google exactly this, but I want you to tell me, because you're about to explode here with excitement, so I need to, <laughs> I need to know what a Jeff Ruby butter pie is. A butter pie, I would assume it's obviously made with some type of butter, but yeah. it is <laughs> it is one of the absolute best pies I have ever tasted. And I'm not big on pie, right. but when I had that, it definitely changed it and if you ever get a chance, make sure you get some butter pie from Jeff Ruby's sister. Well, Absolutely. hopefully I'll be okay. Well, hopefully I'll be back next year, and I'm just gonna go. <laughs> I, I don't eat meat, so it's like going to Jeff Ruby's is gonna kind of be difficult. Oh, I know they just yeah. salmon and stuff, don't they? But uh, <laughs> uh, but maybe I'll just go in and eat a whole pie or something, like a whole butter pie or something. <laughs> something about that pie, man, it's special. Okay, Mike. Um, um, how old are your kids, if you don't mind me asking? Are they, uh, are they young enough to kind of bring that magic uh, of Christmas? Uh, you know what I mean? Like kids really, oh, yeah. really go nuts for Christmas, don't they? My, my my daughter is four years old and my son is one. So they definitely have that Christmas spirit and, you know, that, that, that Santa belief. <laughs> okay. And what about Mike? And Mike, have you still got that Santa belief or have you got that kind of... You, you feel <laughs> as though you've got that positivity, not necessarily the Santa belief, but some belief in positivity there oh yeah i always keep some positivity belief, but the santa belief is it's long gone you know I, i'm playing santa at this point in my life with my kids but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, i yeah. definitely see that positive side man and just just finally i what's the schedule because i guess you'll get christmas day off um will you will you go back in on the on the the day after christmas day to start practice because you've got um, then you then you're off to Kansas City, right for yep. for the Chiefs game. Uh, one question I needed to ask you: um, Are you going to be calling Arrowhead Browning Head this year, or are you going to keep quiet about that? Because you've got a bit of stick from the yeah, Arrowhead <laughs> thing last year. I did catch some some shots of that one, man. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see, man. You know. Um... It's going to be a fun matchup against them, as it always is. Um, like I said, it's exciting to go against those guys, and especially with our, our playoff lives going to be on the line. So it's, it's going to be a fun when we go out there. 
Make sure the refs are looking at Kadarius Tony on offsides uh, during that game, please. All right. I'll make sure. <laughs> Special attention to those ones. Oh, yeah. Um, Mike, listen, thank you so much for the time. It's, it's a treat to talk to you, man. I say there's a lot of love in the fan base for you. I think you know that. But just to confirm that, thank you for being uh, such an outstanding player and personality. And listen, lots of love and uh, a Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to y'all, man. I appreciate you having me. There we go. That's the magnificent Mike Hilton. Thank you to Mike for uh, making a bit of time for us last week. Uh, it was really fun to talk to him. And he is as advertised. He is the smiliest, happiest, impish, cheekiest man you can ever. He's such a got an, such an infectiously um, uh, contagious and uh, affable personality. You can't help but like him. Throughout throughout that interview, he was just. I had a broad grin on his face because I think mostly we were talking about food. Um, but do you know what I mean? Um, he had a talking about his kids and his family, big broad smile, talking about food, big broad smile, talking about the Bengals and his teammates, big broad smile. What is there not to like? And of course, he's another one who's coming to the end of his contract. So, uh, so pleased that we got to talk to Mike. Um, and a Merry Christmas to him. I am intrigued as to what the Jeff Ruby butter pie is. Uh, now, Nathan, you are very close to the downtown branch of Jeff Ruby's Steakhouse. Um, I'm sorry. Right, yeah, yeah, I think you ought to pop in and just ask what the hell a butter pie is uh, for us vegetarians. It's not the the well, not not really a must see <laughs> um, must see destination for us when we get to Cincinnati. But um, a butter pie does sound quite good. Um, but yeah, huge thanks to Mike. Now, um, as promised, we've got a game and um, to play, and, and it's uh, it's called a question of port. Now, UK listeners will know what this reference is. It's uh, so basically, I was thinking about a new game to play, um, and I wondered what we could do. And uh, I have the original question of sport board game in the back room in the, the spare bedroom, and it's like oh. Do you know what? I might just like ask you for some questions, sports questions from the 1980s to see if you can get them right. But I thought that'd be quite dull for everyone apart from me. So I thought I'd, I'd modify the title to a question of port. Now, if you're wondering, American viewers, what is a question of sport? It was, and I used this uh, in the past tense because this week, actually, it was announced that the BBC were canning uh, and axing the TV programme A Question of Sport after 50 years we all grew up with it it's a sports quiz it's as simple as that but it gave us lots of uh, fun and iconic moments when we were children growing up watching it with our uh, families and uh, and now it's no more so uh, but I just thought let's make it about Christmas booze and I apologise if you don't drink or you're triggered by this uh, obviously if you do drink please drink responsibly but um this is a this is a quiz about booze, Nathan, and I thought you'd be right at home with that. Would I be right in thinking that? <laughs> yeah, you would actually. Yeah. So basically, we're going to go through it like a question of sport. There is a picture board round. Now, obviously, these refer to visual uh, rounds, but of course, this is a radio show, so we're not going to be doing that. But they would, they you know, they're they're fine. So uh, Nathan's got to pick on the picture board. Nathan's got to pick between numbers one and ten, and there'll be a question. Uh, behind each little picture, or in this question, or in this, this case, just a question, there'll be a what happened next round, there'll be a mystery guest round. Although we can't see, like the TV program, there was like little kind of uh, a montage of clips of people's 
uh, hands or kind of bits of their head and whatnot, and you had to guess who it was. Uh, that's not going to happen in this one. And then there's going to be home and away ga- uh, round. And basically, Nathan, I think you've got to get uh, you've got to get twelve correct answers. Okay, I think that's that's a good thing, don't you think? That's fair. Um, so are you. Ready? I don't think I'm going to be very good at this song. I'm a bit worried. Like the pressure's on it. Like it is. You put a lot of effort. It's like if if I'm just <laughs> awful, it's going to be it's going to ruin my Christmas. Thing. No, you're pretty good at quizzes. You're pretty good at quizzes. Um, I must mention, I'm talking of booze, I've got my Christmas rum in, Nathan. It is, it's called a Rombouillon. That's the brand, and it's right. it's chili and chocolate rum. And I tell Ooh. you what, it is absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't. Right, in order to use good. Yeah. Uh, right, okay, so um, the picture board, but not picture board. Uh, so you've got uh, pick a number from one to ten, and you get one. Uh, you get one point per correct answer. Uh, number four. Number four. Tiger Beer is a popular brand of beer owned and distributed by Heineken, but founded in what Asian city-state? The brand is considered one of the ten most valuable brands in its homeland, but it's also very popular over here. Uh, Singapore. Correct. On the board. Come on. And uh, we're going to do. We're going to do two picture boards to um, start this quiz, Nathan. So uh, let's have another number. I'll have a number seven, please, Sam. Number seven. True or false, the world's strongest beer is Brewmeister Snake Venom, uh, which has an alcohol by volume, ABV, of 67.5%. I'm leaning towards saying it's true because I don't know why you put something so specific in I also feel like there's stronger beer out there so I am going to controversially say false and you'd be wrong you've gone against your it is <laughs> true so at the end of the first picture round Nathan you have one point what happened next uh, Kentish Town Paul Hirons was walking uh, after a skinful or as much of a skinful that uh, Paul Hirons tends to have um, and he's walking past a kebab shop and he passes a policeman what happens next Nathan well, I know it very well because I was there. Um, it was—I remember—I literally remember this vividly. The guy kind of had a go at you because you were kind of stumbling around, and then you literally grabbed him, picked him up, and I would say only best described, bit sort of like jovially because it was Christmas. It's a good time to mention this. So it like looked like you were hugging him, and then you just dropped him <laughs> back, like German suplex on the back of the neck. Um, yeah, it was one of the most insane things I've ever seen. And of course, that's false. So you you get that question <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Nothing happened because it didn't happen. Even though Nathan likes to spread that rumor. Oh, <laughs> All right, like you, you, you like I don't know. How you get away with this, like absolute <laughs> slander. This is right, slander indeed. Time for the mystery guest round. Nathan, you've got five chances to guess who this particular drink is and if you get it in like the first guess you get five points bear in mind you've just got uh you've just got one point so far so um mystery guess are you ready 
Yeah. I am a clear spirit. That's your first clue. So you just take a stab in the dark, really. No, no. I am made, second clue, I am made from the blue agave plant. Tequila. Correct. He's in there. You get four Come points. On. Four points now. So um, the next uh, the next clue is I can only be made in certain regions of Mexico, specifically Jalisco, Guanajuato, Mecojail. Uh, I can't pronounce all the rest of them. Um, fourthly, I can oh, sometimes... Say again. I didn't know the cartel was on the podcast. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, fourth clue would be I can sometimes be found in a bottle with a worm at the bottom. And, of course, Ooh. the last one was I am often drunk neat with salt and lime. So, Nathan, five points. We're on to the home and away round. You've got two of these. Uh, so, Nathan, home or away? Only a home star. Okay. Remember, it, this only takes you up to five points, and you've only got a couple of questions left. So, you know, um, there's an expression in English often referring to the way people attack hangovers that originally comes from a Scottish belief that placing a few follicles from a canine on a rabid bite can be a treatment. What is this expression? Hair of a dog. Correct. Five points, Nathan. And the final um, final home and away question. What would you like, oh, home and away? I'm going to go away from home, son. All right, okay. okay. Cocktails like the Tequila Sunrise and the Queen Mary call for what specific type of cherry sweetened and preserved in syrup? Tough, tough one this but you know if you know your cherries then you might you might know this one cherry, cherry brandy mm -mm. no type of cherry not type of drink but type of cherry oh sorry sorry uh, oh I, amaretto no I, I see where you're going it's mascherino mascherino we have got it we have got it it's good knowledge yeah that's fun um, so uh, back to the picture board for two final picture boards uh, you can't win. You're on five points, Nathan. Um, um, but, you know, it's all for fun, isn't it? So, um, so a number, please, Nathan. A uh, number three for me, please, sir. Sure. The Kentucky Derby's traditional mint julep recipe calls for mint, sugar, water, and what type, not brand, of whiskey famously distilled in the bluegrass state? Oh, my God. What kind of whiskey is brewed in Kentucky? Oh, bourbon, bourbon. There you go. Six points. And finally, well, your final question. What? Give us a number, Nathan. One to ten. On the go, but the big shooter, number nine. Number nine. What is the name? You're going Joe Boy. You're going Joe Boy. Um, exactly. A bit of Joe Boy. What is the name of a popular Japanese rice wine Is uh, and is traditionally served warm or chilled and has a range of flavours and styles? I know very well you're a good friend I drank a lot of it and it's sake <laughs> it is sake uh, seven points Nathan you did well you did well do you think that's yeah, it wasn't bad you, hey it wasn't bad I, I'll, I'll take that yeah what do you think that quiz has got legs or is this just a one off do you think no I like it I like the uh, Christmas elements especially I didn't realise it's been cancelled it's a shame but yeah it's big news probably when you yeah. left uh, for this, you leave the country and there's big news 
that's uh, come out. So, question of port. We'll see if that uh, see if that returns next uh, next year. Right, uh, time. We might be like a question of a sports. Um, we might get cancelled. Like we might find that you know the listeners have like moved on in their lives. We're not we're not attracting the same audience we used to. Like you know we're, we're looking at question of sport now, having a nice jovial game about it, but. Could be us in the future. You never know. Oh, great! Thanks very much. It's supposed to be a happy Christmas episode, for God's sake. Um, anyway, um, let's get to your correspondences. Solid handle. Jamie at Trequart Beaster. I've stopped repeatedly, repeatedly swearing now. It took until about an hour after the final. Terrifying, exhilarating nonsense. Classic Bengals. <laughs> Indeed, it was. Uh, Peter Dadswell at Dadders. I want to continue to enjoy watching Bengals football. Whilst at times an emotional roller coaster, they continue to put a product on the pitch that is compelling with players that are easy to root for. Of course, we all want to win, but nonetheless, the ride is fun. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because um, even if they don't make the playoffs, which is, you know, that's also a possibility. They are they are giving us moments and fun things and you know amazing games, aren't they? So I don't know where you draw the line really, uh, that that kind of um, equilibrium of just winning and or do you want enjoyable football? I guess in a perfect world you want both, really, don't you? I, I don't think you can ask for more than what you got yesterday. That, that's why we love the sport, you know. It keeps us engaged. It, you know. Puts your heart rate up. That's what you want in sport. It's competitive. It's an overtime win. Like so many times in the past, we've been on the the receiving end of those. And I, I was talking to a Vikings fan in the lift, uh, my hotel, and I, you know, he's travelled from Minnesota for that. Like they they deserve to win the game. He's absolutely gutted the geezer. Absolutely gutted. Like mm-hmm. you know, really felt they could have made the playoffs. They've got a good team. You know, some good players. That's sport for you. I love it. You know. Well, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, Bianco Verde, Bianco Verde. Um, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal comeback from a team losing key pieces left and right. I think this game will be remembered as an absolute classic in Bengals history. As much as T at TB and TB's catches were incredible, what about the throws? Both under enormous pressure. Jake has been incredible. He has. That that throw up to T was a bit of a wafter, I have to say, a bit like let's just throw it. He um, yeah, doesn't yeah. have like a super strong arm, but he has a strong enough arm. But um, yeah, I mean you can. I mean that that first throw down the sidelines to Chase on that first drive was was fantastic. It's like blood. He really is playing very well. Um, and then they tried. To... Go on. It's. Joe Burrow hadn't hurt his wrist against the Ravens, yeah. right? But played identically to the literally the exact. You wouldn't have known it wasn't Joe Burrow. What, what would you think? You'd be like, oh, it's just Joe Burrow playing like he is now. Like, would you? Would you? You wouldn't notice, would you? The difference at this point? Not much. Like, exactly. Not much. They'd obviously stylist. They'd, they'd probably be better, to be honest with you. But I think someone. I think it'd be better. But yeah, it's not like a, a huge drop off. Like if Joe Burrow was playing like Jake Browning is playing now, you'd just be like, yeah, he's playing well. That you wouldn't say anything else. You wouldn't be like, oh, he's tearing it up and no, 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 he's carving right. teams apart. But he wasn't before that, so I, I don't think you've seen much of a drop off in the nicest way possible. Like no, we know, no. Jeff Burrow can play a higher level than that, and that's why he's so good. But right now, like you know, you'd be we would all be happy with Joe Burrow. We'd be saying, oh, yeah, he's, you know, perhaps not his best, but he's playing well. 
I uh, someone said that on Twitter last night. It's like, oh my god, you know, you just he looks like Joe Burrow out there, and I guess that's why they kept him because he is a similar yeah. kind of kind of player. But when when we saw Burrow against the Bills, he was sharp as a tack. It was like bloody yeah. hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you must have experienced yesterday. It takes seeing something and someone up close and live to really get an idea of how much they're on it. And I'm sure Browning was on it. But I agree with you. And that's the astonishing thing, that the drop-off has not been spectacular at all. I mean... I mean, it, there has not been, been much of a drop off, really, apart from that Steelers game when, you know, you can forgive him really for for just kind of getting his eye in, really. But yeah, that's the most incredible thing—the fact that there hasn't been too much of a drop off. So, um, fair play, fair play to Jake. Incredible stuff. Tom McDowell says at Wagat Dub Dee says, "Who day? Who day to you?" Memphis Soul Stewart Stewart Bed six eight eight says. I like Saturday night football. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hope you have a safe and peaceful New Year. Back at you, Stu. Fantastic stuff from him this year. Uh, it was a valuable part of the um, the trip abroad uh, to Cincinnati this year. Um, Pat Mibolics. Pat Mibolics. Um, great win under the circumstances. The third and fourth and one stops in overtime were a particular highlight. Watch the Schittsburg game after hours. They are uh, absolutely pump. <laughs> we'll be nine and six this time next week. I hope so. I really hope so, Pat. Um, and I agree We've got with to talk about that third and fourth down, man. That was absolutely incredible. Yeah, play. but the, the way the way the Vikings were running the ball all game, you just yeah. you just thought this is game over, right? This is even if yeah. they try a QB sneak, that's they've got so little to go. It's it's game over. But pff, wow. Yeah, I mean, it won us the game. I, I thought that was it because it was like they only needed a field goal. They were at about the 40, 42 yard line, something like that. You know, field goal was like just about makeable if they get that and then, you know, dust off another couple of yards. Like, what a stand without DJ out there as well. Just just an incredible effort from the defense. And they continue. They just, this Lou Anarumo defense, I don't know if it's advisable to your health. They they really epitomize bend and don't break. Like yeah. the turnovers, the. You know the play yesterday, like they, they the, statistically they don't look great, but they they really do put a good product out there. Well, as I say, you know if you're uh, you've got a fantasy team, um, you wouldn't pick the Bengals defense at all, would you? Let's face it, or would you? Because they do come up with the odd cheeky interception now and again. But like you're saying, like you know um, what's his name, um, Ty was Chandler, um, 140 yards rushing last night, insane. You know, Justin Jefferson had a big game. That must have been great to see Justin Jefferson play live. He looked really lively. Um, and also Addison, yeah. Addison over 100 yards re- uh, receiving a couple of touchdowns. So, you know, statistically, as you say, uh, but what I'll say about that is, can you imagine, right, if the Bengals were third in inches, didn't get it, and then fourth in inches, and then tried the exact same play and didn't yeah. get it, can you imagine the shit that Zach Taylor would have got for that? Yes. Can you imagine? I agree. Agree. Um, so there we go. Um, anyway, John Kelly at JK Knee Bengal 68. Is this team as good as the last few seasons? Probably not, but the coaching staff deserve a huge amount of credit. In difficult circumstances, they have created a locker room that sticks together and has a winning mentality. As for Crimbo Gifts, this would be uh, belated. Yes, I know, John. All the rest to you and your family. Um, 
Are they as good as Las Cruces? No, they're not. They're not as good a team. They're not as, as... We've detailed it. You know, certain players have not played as well as they have in the past and there's been a bit of a drop-off in areas. But I think there's that kind of resilience that have been kind of maybe forged over the past few years. That still remains in this team, even though there's a bunch of new players on the secondary and a couple of new receivers. They, do you know what I mean? It's it, That has retained. That's what's stuck around this resilience and this mental toughness and these young players to come through games like that that's what that's what breeds or, or grows mental toughness you know that's what that's that's what happens that's how you do it i think so this these are great experiences for the young guys and just shows you like people like Jermaine Pratt Mike Hilton they've seen it done it they know what to do at the at the right times and um yeah um so perhaps not as good, but who knows? Who knows where we're going? Uh, David G at David GKG. Maybe it's because we're a small team, inverted commas, uh, fans. But this is a lot of fun, enjoying it, it whilst it lasts. Whatever happens, the experience will make them even better next year. There you go, exactly what I said. Um, Paul at Picard Burns. To use an old football term, I am over the moon with the result last night. I was fearing the worst when DJ Reader and then Jamar Chase came off, but we pulled it back. Is it asking too much to be involved in the playoffs after Christmas? Going to answer that, Nathan? Too much to ask? It's not too much to ask. Um, <laughs> it's like a meeting of the mountains, that game against the Steelers next week. Like, is They are bad, the Steelers. It's the arch enemy. If we win that game against the Steelers, we'll get in the playoffs. I really believe that. If we win that, yep, for me... But like, we still need... I reckon we still need... We will need another win after that. We need 10 wins to get in, I think. But I think mentally going away to Pittsburgh and beating them would... I think you get one of those wins against either the Chiefs or um, the Browns, most likely the Browns. But I think you that'd be enough. And, you know, a few teams like Denver lost last night, which was good. But going in and beating the Steelers, we'd get there. But it's just the absolute Bengals mm. game that you expect. It's like the Steelers who look shit, who, you know, you're going away from home, you're down a few players, but we're playing well, we're on the ascendancy. If there was one thing that was going to bring us back down to earth, it's going away to the Steelers. And I, 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 this is this is sometimes just you know where it is that like you were saying earlier about mental toughness and you know getting past that and being a better team and being you know better than them. But that terrifies me. That game next weekend, like it, it really like I'd wish it was against anyone else because I know we should beat them, but they'll they'll come out and play for their lives at home against us. They really will. Yeah could be another terrific game really but a different kind of game maybe who knows i think i think jake said it in his in his press conference last night he's aware that he played shit against the the steelers and i think he's he's got an eye on that game to kind of right some wrongs so let's hope so richard murgatroyd at richard murg 90 this team knows how to play with your emotions great resilience and self-belief from the boys with a huge amount of luck added on the injuries are a huge blow though we're going to have to run the ball down the squealer's throat this week well, we'll see. You never know. We'll see. Um, Tanner Hudson's been targeted like an absolute animal the past couple of weeks. Um, who knows? Well, yeah. And if Chase isn't playing, then there's, there's, it's, you know, Trenton Irwin and Yoshi's going to have to step up, you know. Um, 
which they're capable of. But So we'll see, we'll see. Chris Roberts at 10.66. Chris, what a game. To come from two touchdowns down to win in overtime shows the belief this team has. Those injuries are a setback, though, and it is sad to think that was probably the last time we'll see DJ Reader play for it. No! I uh, hope Nathan is having a fantastic time in Cincy. Um, what's your instinct on DJ Reader, Nathan? I, I think he'll be back. I, I, I hope, anyway. I, I really hope they can work a deal out with him. Like, there's players that are bigger than the performance, and I think for the locker room, what he adds, you'd really hope um, they could bring him back. But I, I, I'm not in front of the checkbook. I'm not in front of the the accounts. So, you know, I can appreciate it might be difficult. And we've invested in the team in Joe Burrow. We've got probably T Higgins, who's going to be franchise tagged or um, is going to walk away. That's a lot of money. Again, you've got Jamar Chase's extension coming up as, as much as you love these guys, it's like really, really hard to, to keep all of them on the boat. But yeah, DJ, I, you know, I don't need to tell you this. So, you know, what a, what a man, what a player. I really hope that seeing him, clapping and you know geeing the boys up on that car is not the last time I see him at Paycor you don't need to tell me who is DJ Reader remind me I can't I don't know who he is anyway yes um, <laughs> um, Martin at Dorset Bengal I agree I think I think oh, it is really difficult and this is the horrible side of the game isn't it trying to balance the books and try and uh, sign all the key players you know um, but we'll see that's all to come uh, Martin at Dorset Bengals um, two of my favourite players Mike Hilton and Tyler Boyd well I hope you in- enjoyed Mike earlier Martin uh, He re- Martin thinks they are two sides of the same coin, hear me out they both play in the slot and are clutch when called upon in fact I believe they are the dyad at the core of the Bengals multiverse goodness me um, well yeah I think you're you could be right. They're very different personalities, though, I would say. Um, but, uh, yeah, you're not wrong. They both come up with clutch plays. And um, just when you think Tyler's having a pretty average season, he'll come up with a big play now and again. And I guess that's the value uh, of him, really. Um, uh, Matt Gibbs at Wakey Round. I know I asked uh, uh, excellent followers what they wanted for Christmas. And... Matt says, health for the DJs and Chase. I think no one can dispute that. Here, here, Matt. Um, and finally, Sean at Shawnee01. Just a reminder to say those important words to the people you love this festive season. Fuck the Steelers. There we go. What a thing to end on. Um, Nathan, I hope you enjoy the remaining hours and days you have in Cincinnati and... Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to do for Christmas yet. We're probably not going to have one until uh, another episode until after Christmas, right? Because you're here, there, and everywhere, uh, and people are there, here, there, and everywhere. About unless anything like completely insane happens uh, in the Steelers game, I'll try and put something together. But um, we'll be back. I think we've yet to discuss this yet, but perhaps all being well, maybe in the in the week between betwixt Christmas and New Year. So keep an eye out uh, on that. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Thank you so much to Mike Hilton. What a pleasure it was to talk to him. And thank you for spending a bit of time. Uh, Listen, everyone, have uh, the best Christmas uh, that you can. Uh, I know that not everyone 
uh, is up for Christmas or celebrates Christmas or, you know, sometimes it's quite a, an emotional time. So um, do what you can. Small wins and all that, you know, small small comforts, little comforts, I think, uh, get you through this uh, holiday period. Um, and, of course, come online and chat to us. We'll be online over Christmas. Show us what you've got, uh, you know, Bengals gifts. Um, our Advent calendar will be continuing until next week, both videos from Nathan and I. Uh, will be next week um, our Christmas raffle is continuing until the 22nd we've already raised a record amount so thank you so much to any anyone and everyone who has pitched in that's amazing um, we'll continue to post during Christmas and uh, so do keep in touch um, we are of course at whoday underscore UK on Twitter we are Bengals UK on Facebook we are Bengals underscore UK on uh on Instagram. Uh, so it only really remains uh, for me to say it's a Merry Christmas from me. So it's a Merry Christmas and a day from me. Cheers, guys. And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.